Assalamu alaikum. Today we hear from a true pioneer of the sport, Samaya Green. She is, or should we say was, a World Cup downhill mountain bike racer. She did it all just through the support of her family, without much help otherwise. By the way of introductions, I really have little else to say. I'm just dumbstruck. I'm in awe. Let's get into it. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Gapped podcast. I have with me today Samir. How are you doing? I'm good, alhamdulillah. So let's get straight into it then, Samir. Give us a little background on yourself. Um, so you don't have to start at downhill mountain biking, but you can if you want, and then we'll we'll go into it. Okay, so I'm I'm 22 years old and currently I work as a lifeguard, so that's my full time job. I'm also studying personal training. And I'm also doing a swim teaching course as well. In general, I'm a very sporty person, so I enjoy a lot of sports. I have done all sorts of sports as well. Obviously, biking. I do martial arts. I've done paddleboarding, archery, hiking. I really enjoy skiing. And then a few other things I've tried out is horse riding and surfing. I would love to get more into those other sports, but I do like to do sports. That's just my general thing. And then I, I enjoy reading a lot, but mostly to do with psychology and self-help books and stuff like that. Unfortunately, I don't get to do it as much as I like to. But right now, that's what I'm currently doing, just trying to grow as a person, trying to get a good career. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm about right now. Alhamdulillah. And uh, just so the listeners are aware, you are in England doing all those things, right? Yes, I currently live in the UK. I live in Milton Keynes. Um, right now I'm staying with my family in Shropshire and I was in Shropshire for about seven years before I moved to Milton Keynes. So I've lived a lot of my recent life and my older years in Shropshire. So all these sports, because I'm from East London, so uh, my ability to do sports is very narrow um you do have to go out there to do all these sports but you have it accessible is that is that what i'm hearing yeah so a lot of the sports that i did do was when i was a kid i sort of got into it when i was a kid i lived in london and i have done quite a bit of traveling in my time as well so things like surfing and paddle boarding i got into that when I would be over in Portugal, my grandma has um, a place in Portugal, so I would get into those kind of sports when I was in Portugal. Uh, so I have it. experienced other sports when I am travelling, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So when when does downhill mountain biking come into all of it? So downhill mountain biking, I've always ridden a bike as long as I can remember, ever since a kid. We would go for family bike rides. I'll be my dad and my older siblings going for bike rides. Um, and I would love it so much. It was just su- such great fun. As I got older, though, I sort of didn't ride my bike as much anymore. So it sort of died out. And then it would just be my dad and my brother going off on bike rides, you know, these cross-country rides and things like that. Um, and... I got into downhilling when I was out of school. It's a bit of a long story as to why I was out of school, but we were being homeschooled at the time. And my dad said to us, you need to find something to do, something you're interested in. 
focus on a specific subject. My oldest sister was doing journalism, my other oldest sister was doing photography and she did photography in the races as well, I'll get into that a bit later on. Yeah. And my brother basically rode downhill, he got into downhill and my dad would say to me, Samir, you need to pick something to do because you're just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. Um, and then he suggested, Samir, why don't you just try riding downhill, just try have a go at it ride with your brother, see how you feel, because I always loved going downhill as a kid when yeah. I would be on those bike rides. I would say to my dad, when is the downhill part? I want to go downhill. And he would say to me, you have to go uphill in order to get downhill. Um, so this one time, after a lot of persuading, I went for a ride at a place called Aston Hill. That's where, I, where it all started, really. Yeah. Went for a ride with my brother, and I loved it so much. So that's how I got into riding downhill and then it was a few months later I started racing when we moved to Shropshire because at that time we were living in Hertfordshire when I got into it so when we moved to Shropshire my brother wanted to get into racing properly he wanted to do a whole full season of racing and my dad said to me Samir you should try it as well oh, and I was like no like riding downhill is different from racing and he said Samir all you have to do is walk down the hill and you will win because there was hardly any women yeah. at all in my category there was very little women in the racing scene at that time when I started so that persuaded me I thought okay I just have to walk down the hill and I'm yeah. going to be winning yeah, yeah, medals yeah. that's a lot of fun yeah, yeah. Um, but you know when I did get into it I realized that it was a lot more than that but that's what kind of bribed me um, and that, that's basically where it started I pretty much started racing as soon as I started riding really and that was in 2014 and I was 14 years old at the time. And you got into racing pretty much a few months after that? Pretty much yeah, okay. pretty much just got thrown straight into the deep end. No, excellent and so just for the benefit of the listeners and for myself really, what is downhill mountain biking? Like legitly just break it down because uh, I have one thought of what it could be is literally you go at the top of the mountain, you're dr driven up or something, and it's a race to the bottom. Is that what it is? Or Yeah, I would say pretty much like downhill riding is very specific. It's literally in the name, obviously, you know, yeah. you, you're going downhill. And like what you said, the riders get an uplift to the top of the hill. In most places in UK, you would have like vans or Land Rovers with bike racks on the back, like bike rack trailers you yeah. put your bike when you get in and they'll bring you to the top of the hill and then in you know places where it's very mountainous you have ski lifts and gondolas put your bike and then you'll get taken to the top of the track and then you go down it's a it consists of you know steep rough terrain there's features like jumps berms drops rock gardens sections with gnarly tree roots and you have different color-coded tracks as well so not all of it is super technical and difficult and okay. intimidating and scary there are other tracks that are quite tame the black tracks are usually the ones that are used for racing or very advanced riders and then you have like blue and red tracks which is a lot more tame maybe more flowy a bit more flat so you don't have to go down it at full speed if okay. you're doing downhill you know enjoy it if yeah. you're racing downhill then yes that is the that's the whole point. You want to go down as fast as you can. But as a downhill rider, just have fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. So with the races then, uh, how long is a typical race? Is it a minute? Is it an hour? Uh, I can't imagine uh, a downhill being an hour long, but 
yeah. how long are we talking so it really depends as you get up to higher ranks like world cups and obviously it depends how fast you are as well yeah. but typically the track isn't going to be like seven minutes a lot of it is around three four minutes a oh, lot wow. of the tracks in uk roughly around three minutes and some of the world cup tracks as well like there was a world cup in lords just the other weekend and the men's fastest time was i think two minutes and 57 seconds so it's roughly around that time the downhill isn't going to be super long so i would say yeah like under five minutes unless you're on a crazy track like fort william in scotland which is a very very long track um yeah, that could be around five minutes, but it's nothing too intense. So it's it's pretty short compared okay. to, you know, like a road race yeah, or, yeah. you know, a cross-country race or anything like that. So in terms of physiology then, like you're using your anaerobic system mainly, your sprint, sprinting power, uh, the top yeah. end stuff basically, isn't it? Yeah, the thing with um, downhilling I have found is that a lot of people think that it's not very physical, it's quite easy, yeah. you don't need to be that fit. And... I used to think that when I started, I thought, oh, like you're literally just going downhill, like surely gravity is just going to take you down and you're just going to roll down and enjoy the ride. But it is so physically challenging in every single way. So when I started racing, I had to obviously train my cardio side of things, my physical side of things, just your upper body. And like women, we have weaker upper bodies as well. And you're taking a lot of, you know, impact as well as you're going down the hill through your upper body so training that is very important and also your legs you need them because there's going to be flat parts that you really need to pedal hard um so it's very physical in every single way excellent so to prepare would you would you hit the gym is is that something normal you you guys would do yes i feel like if you're wanting to get into it more seriously and you're wanting to race and get a good place in the race i think it is very important to train in the gym because you need that strength. Also, if you're not strong enough to take certain hits, like you're going to fall off your bike. That's the reality. You don't want to be, you know, at risk of injury. If you're building your strength and your muscles, then when you do hit the ground, you're going to be able to get back up. Um, But yeah, it is a very intense training. It's like any other athlete. You're you're an actual athlete. You have to train really hard. And I feel like it's a very mental game as well um and that's what i discovered is that mental you know the mental game side of it is just as important as the physical side of it as well so i think you have to train in every every aspect really so how much would you say is um your physiology how strong you are in terms of you know you yourself and how much is it say the skills and how you've managed to develop them so is it 50 50 or is it skills win every time how how does it work i think skills is very important because if you're not going to be able to perform and do certain things on the track like if you're not going to be able to go off a drop or take on a jump then you're not going to be doing anything at all so then you're not really going to need the physical side of things as much, if you understand what I'm saying. Skills is very important, for sure. Um, uh, You definitely need to practice in that. But equally, if you are at a higher level, 
sometimes you're not going to be able to perform how you want to if you don't have the physical side of things that's what I found because when I would do little national races here in UK you know my fitness didn't have to be that pristine because yeah. the tracks simply weren't that difficult but when I got to world cup level my I was just so tired it was so physically challenging that I still couldn't do things on the track because I just wasn't fit enough to do so I feel like you have to have a balance because one is gonna complement the other one and when you're at that much of a high level both of them are equally important you know what I mean it yes. kind of counteracts yeah, yeah. each other if you get what I'm saying yeah but if you're doing it casually um I think if you're just a reasonably fit healthy human then it shouldn't be too much of a struggle Okay, so if you don't have a course nearby, you keep talking about practicing and whatnot and getting into it. So if you don't have a course nearby, how would you train? Can you train for something like this? I think it is very difficult if you don't have a course or okay. a venue near you. But there definitely are other ways you can train and become better at downhill riding. So, say for example, you could do BMXing. That can also translate into downhilling in the sense of you're getting a good feeling for jumps and you know just basic skills even road riding for example that can really help your cardiovascular fitness so you can yeah. do things that can help you when you are able to ride doing cross-country riding or enduro that is also helping you towards getting better at downhill because you're having somewhat of a downhill experience but I do think it is very difficult to become exceptionally good at downhill if you don't have any tracks to yeah. practice on. Because that's the reality of everything. You, yeah. you need to practice it. So I do think it is very important to have a downhill track near you or something like that. Or even if you can travel to a place like, you know, just one of the venues, one of the bike parks, stay there for a weekend. Um, but if that's not something you can do often and you want to become good at the sport, then, you know, train in the gym, watch videos, analyse athletes, watch the World Cups, see what they do, listen to interviews, um, seek advice from people who know that stuff, and just prepare yourself as much as you can, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Uh, it's very skills-based, so I got to try BMX for the first time a few months ago, and I thought, I, I literally thought it was a kid's sport, and... Uh, I probably would have thought the same about downhill mountain biking not too long ago either. Uh, but you quickly realize it's very skill heavy. And as you mentioned, if you don't have the skills, you're going to fall off your bike. Um, so no, I appreciate it's it's very technical. Uh, so could you do all the wheelies, the jumps and the flips? Are, are you into all that stuff or are you just for the race? Unfortunately, I can't do any of those things downhilling is you know it's not all about tricks we do have yeah. some downhill riders and racers who can do all of that but then again you would find that they have other disciplines like they they've been had they've had experience in bmx and other things like that and tricks yeah. um but for me unfortunately no i can't really do any of that stuff and it's not something that i'm not interested in yeah it's just that i've been so focused on racing yeah, yeah. ever since i started riding that i feel like there wasn't a huge 
you know, yeah, amount of yeah, time yeah. to fit that in. No, it's, it's true because there are some BMX riders as well, again, I'm, I'm referring back to BMX, who, who can only race and they do really well in that, but their tricks aren't very good. So, And then you get the other side, which they can do plenty of tricks, but they're not great racers. So uh, I can appreciate yeah. that. So with downhill mountain bike, do you get a lot of enduro and cross-country riders uh, coming into the sport or is it like you're a downhill rider and that's all you do or is there overlap would you say I when it comes to competition think, really yeah I think there is an overlap okay um, and a lot of downhillers when they sort of retire or they may be on the off season or they just want to have a bit of a mess around they'll go and ride enduro um, and cross country as well is a, is a way that us downhillers do train it's okay. very useful because it obviously works your fitness but then you can practice by having a bit of a fun downhill section so there definitely is an overlap there has been people who are enduro riders and then they've come into world cups and they've done really really well okay. but yeah i think bikers in general we do just enjoy bikes do you know what i mean like yeah. bikes any yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of bike we love it um okay. So yeah, there is an overlap and there there is people who ride different disciplines. So when uh, a typical roadie thinks of a mountain bike, we think flat tyres, knobbly, knobbly tyres as well, uh, maybe dual suspension, and that's, that's about uh, as much as our knowledge goes. So how is a downhill mountain bike different to a typical mountain bike, if at all, or is it exactly the same? Um, they are different. It's very, it is very specific. So the suspension is going to be a lot bigger, so it can withstand, you know, big drops and jumps and rock gardens and everything. So it can soak it all up. And then obviously we have all sorts of weather conditions. So we need to have our tyres that provide us with enough grip. Uh, trail bikes and enduro bikes and cross country bikes. They're they're quite light. And even though nowadays we are trying to make downhill bikes as light as possible but trail bikes and other bikes like that can be made light on another level the tires are going to be skinnier the suspension is going to be smaller all of that kind of stuff so a downhill bike is very different from those other bikes it's a whole bike in itself it's it's just built to withstand a lot more okay. than cross-country or trail more bumps bikes and whatnot yeah yeah so mind my ignorance you just said you want a very light downhill oh you're trying to get it lighter rather uh, uh, in terms of downhill bike what why is that surely you'd want something fairly heavy something like a tank that would just roll down the hill no or... yeah you would you would think that yeah but we when you get to a world cup level you have huge jumps as well okay. you want to be able to build up a speed and you want your bike to just float over nicely you don't really want to be trying to lug your bike you know, this is the thing, like, even me, I thought that, I thought a heavy bike, you yeah. know, you just want gravity to help you do the work, but you're still trying to move your bike, you're still trying to make it skip over rock gardens, fly over jumps and stuff like that, so the lighter it is, the easier it's going to be to maneuver, yeah. even something like going around a berm, you, the lighter it is, the faster it's going to be, but obviously you don't want it extremely light to the point that it's going to be all skittery, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I think that the lighter it is, the more easier it is to manoeuvre. And you're already going through such a physical challenge anyway as it is. If your bike's heavy, especially if you're crashing and then you're trying to pick your bike back up, it's just very energy 
wasting gotcha. in a sense. No, I appreciate it. What other equipment then do you have for downhill mountain bikes? So I'm talking helmet, clothes, um, trainers. Do you wear the clip-on mountain bike uh, shoes and whatnot, or is it flat pedals? So it depends what you're comfortable with, really. For me, I've always rode with flat pedals. Okay. Just because I just never got into clips, I was just always comfortable on flats. But majority of the people do have clip-in pedals. Um, but, yeah, that's up to you. Some people, they're comfortable with it. And in terms of the equipment you need, I think the downhill bike isn't essential. You can have a trail bike or an enduro bike and you can ride downhill perfectly fine. But what I think is very important is making sure you have a full-face helmet because... If you have a bad crash, you do not want your face missing, essentially. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So having a full face helmet, um, knee pads, shin pads, back protection, chest protection, elbow pads. Some people, they have neck braces, but I don't think that's essential at all. Goggles and gloves is a good idea as well. You know, gloves is always a good idea. You want your hands protected if you do crash. Goggles, you don't want mud in your eye. So I would definitely think for beginners, you do want, you know, all of that protection because yeah. you can get seriously hurt for sure. It is an extreme sport after all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't realise um, there was so much to it. Um, but yeah. Sorry, what was that? I didn't realise there was so much to it. Um, yeah, you know. yeah, there is a lot to it, honestly. And for me as well, just starting out, and I'm so lucky I had my dad and my brother to help me out with all of this stuff. And my brother really you know, loves to do all of his research and he's crazy about all of that stuff. But it is so important. Like now, I don't necessarily wear a lot of the protection in terms of like, I'm not crazy on shin pads. I'll just wear knee pads. And then I have um, an upper body um, body armor suit. So it's sort of like a shirt, like a long sleeve shirt with protection on the chest, the back and the elbows. And it's very light, uh, very breathable. So it's not like super bulky or anything. Some of the professionals, they don't wear much protection. You know, they have obviously their full face helmet on and knee yeah. pads. I think that's just crazy. But I think for beginners, definitely have as much protection as you can because it, it's an extreme sport. And even if, you know, for the listeners who aren't sure of the sport, just type in Google, watch what a course looks like, watch one of the World Cups. Thing, and it's going to give you so much of an idea of, how crazy it really is. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So I feel like there's a certain type of person that would give this sport a go. Um, you got to be, uh, in a nice way, like have a screw loose or two, you know what I mean? In a very nice way. I'm not trying to say you're mad, but um, it's, it's very, how do you say, from the outside it looks very extreme, as you said. So uh, what kind of people do get into the sport? Do you see other Muslims as well, or is it very, very niche? I think it's a very niche sport, for sure. Um, and it's very expensive, to be honest with you, especially if you want to do racing. But I do agree with you. You do have to have a bit of, you know, you have to have a screw loose. You have to be a bit of a nutter, and even my dad <laughs> says this. Like, all of the, you know, professional downhill riders, they are sometimes a bit nutty. You kind of have to be because yeah. if you're just really sensible and just, you know, yeah, a very yeah. sensible person, I feel like it just won't work as well. You have to just be a bit free and just go for it. Um, so, yeah, you do have to be a bit nutty to do that. 
Yeah, no, it looks mental to be honest. I've I've seen a few videos, um, and uh, the fact that you can get up to what forty, fifty miles per hour, and you can literally have trees and bushes and burns and rocks come at you at uh, as as I mentioned, forty, fifty miles per hour. It's it's mental. Yeah. So, uh, good on you for getting into it. And uh, so we'll get into the nerves and how you prep for that later on. But I just wanted to ask, like. Um, when you're doing the sport, uh, have you seen other Muslims in, in the sport? And have there been, so you race to a very, very high level. Um, have there been other people above you? Or would you say you're the highest placed Muslim uh, that you've come across? So, in all honesty, I haven't really come across any Muslims. Not Muslims that are really practicing Islam or seem outwardly Muslims, like okay. wearing headscarves or anything. Like, I don't know if there could have been Muslims or yeah, not. Yeah, 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 I have I a feeling that there was probably a very few Muslims racing. Yeah. If I wanted to, you know, think about the World Cup circuit and, you know, all types of people that were in there, but there was no one that I could remember. So I would say that I pretty much was, like, the only Muslim there wearing a headscarf, um... When I went to nationals, so here in UK, when I went abroad, um, and when I was racing World Cups as well, I, I pretty much was the only Muslim. And then it was my sister um, who does photography, so it would be me and her wearing our headscarf. Yeah. There wasn't any Muslim photographers or anything like that. So, yeah, we were very, very isolated in that sense. Yeah. Like, there was, there was no one else we could relate to. Yeah, yeah, but... Do you feel you thrived in that uh, environment or do you think you felt isolated and, uh, how do you say, you, you felt enclosed? How, how did you deal with it? Um, it's a bit of a difficult one because automatically you know you're different from everyone else. Yeah. And that's okay because, you know, you're comfortable with who you are. But initially you're going to think, how am I going to fit in? Um because you are you are actually so different. That's the last thing anyone's going to expect to see a young Muslim woman in a headscarf is you know racing downhill mountain biking. And when I first started, I definitely wasn't a com confident girl at all. But I came to find that the downhill community they are so lovely. Yeah. I never felt judged. I always felt welcome. People were so kind to me. But then again, at the same time, you sort of wish that there was more people like you um and even to think that there wasn't that many females yeah. in biking yeah, yeah so i felt that you know i was isolated in the sense that there was hardly any film female riders i felt so intimidated because there's these guys everywhere on the track with their big egos and they just want to go fast and if you get in their way they get annoyed about it you know because yeah, they're, yeah. they're in their zone they're racing at the end of the day yeah. it's going to be competitive and that's that's just men for you right yeah. so I felt yeah. isolated on quite a few levels, but like I said, I am so, I am so lucky and so grateful to Allah, Alhamdulillah, that I had my family there to support me, that I had my dad there and my sister and my brother. So, you know, for me, I just wished that there was more people I could relate to, and more people I could grow with in the sport, and I, I didn't have that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, across the sport, Samaya, not just in downhill, I, I think it's the same, uh, same picture across the sport whether it's road uh, velo uh, the velodrome etc etc 
the f difference I've found with you, though, is that your father uh, and perhaps your mother as well were there supporting you. Um, do you think that's why we've we've got the same situation across the board? Is because uh, the parents aren't supporting their children, or what do you think it is? If at all, if you've even thought about it. Yeah, I, I genuinely do think that that's a huge thing. It's very important that parents do support their children and what they want to do. Like, my dad is very encouraging of everything. Like, the whole reason I got into it was because of my dad, essentially. He never looked at, you know, me or my sisters and said, oh, you wear hijab now, so you're restricted to this and that. It's like, for him, there there's no limitations for us. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, you, you can do what you want to do, and you can achieve that, and you can become the best as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't just stop here. It's just like, he's the one that worked so hard with me, you know, that would that would train me yeah. um, and would take me to all these places. And obviously, the amount of money that went into it so I could get up to World Cup level. Yeah. So I think it's so important that you do have a support system because Muslim women and women in general and even some men, you know, they, they need encouragement. They yeah. need people to help them and support them. And without that, I feel like it's very difficult to get into something like downhill mountain biking because it is intimidating for sure so if you have someone that's there to support you and willing to go through that process with you it makes it so much easier yeah 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 absolutely and the finance as you mentioned the financial burden is huge and not just to mention the financial burden the time commitment is oh, yeah. massive as well your father traveling with you driving to scotland uh, fort williams i imagine or flying there uh, and then when you went to the World Club, I imagine uh, the cost to get there and whatnot as well and the time and the training. Uh, yeah, I imagine it's a huge commitment and uh, good on your dad. If you don't mind uh, mentioning who your dad is. Um, so my dad is Abdurrahim Green. So a lot of you may know him. Um, you know, he does he does all the Islamic speaking and all of that kind of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, but um, getting back onto the point of it being time-consuming, and obviously him being a busy man in himself, yeah. when he has all these talks to give and all of that kind of thing. But he definitely dedicated years and years to me and my brother and my sister because she came along and did photography with us at races. He dedicated so much of that time just for us, That's you know, nice. and the money. And the thing is, as well, during off-season... When it's not race season, you still need to practice. You still need to train and get up to speed yeah. and improve your skill level. He did that. He would take us to Portugal almost every year and we would ride there. During the summers, he would go and give us uplifts, um, you know, yeah, or day yeah, yeah. after day after day just so we could get better at it. It's like a full-time job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's very focused. You have to work very, very hard to become one of the best for sure yeah mashallah good on him good on him uh so talk us through how you went from racing locally uh here in the uk to then making it to the world cup uh, how does that work can can i just turn rock up at a world cup how does it work so you can't just rock up at a world cup you have to earn points so they're uci points specifically for the world cup and you have to do specific races that give you these points. Yeah. The way I earned them is by doing races in Portugal. Oh, okay. Um, 
yeah so you you can sort of go online if you are obviously serious and you want to get into racing you look up to see what races have these points there's a lot of them in Europe there's a series called the IXS series and they usually give UCI points so you have to race specific races to earn specific points okay. which then get you into the World Cup if you're on a factory team um, so that's you know like a World Cup team yeah. then you're already on that team so you automatically can go to the races if you are in a factory racing team you are an exceptional rider like you're good you're sponsored you know they give you your bike they yeah. pay for a lot of your travel expenses so for me I had to go to these races and earn those points and in earning those points you have to come in a certain position you know you have to come uh you know probably like yeah, top yeah. 10 yeah yeah and you have to have a certain amount of these points i think it's 80 uci points so they, okay. they're not specifically easy yeah. to earn but yes you have to earn your way to the world cup you can't just rock up and do one okay so there were no uk races offering these points or it's just because you were in portugal you decided to do it there how did so there, I really don't think there is any in UK that offer UCI points because I remember, I mean, it is a long time ago now, okay, yeah, yeah. so I can't really remember all of the specifics, but I believe that there isn't any race um, offering UCI points in the UK, or at least not enough, and that's why I went abroad, you know, to Portugal because my grandma has placed there. Yeah, yeah. So the Portugal Cups, they gave out UCI points, so I went there during the winter to race and earn those points so then I had enough points to enter the World Cup. You have another method where you can go through British Cycling okay. and ask them to sort of allow you to go to a World Cup and you don't need the points but then again you have to be a very good rider um, for them to accept you. Yeah, yeah. So were you ever part of a team or did you do it uh, literally solo with the help of your family? Yeah, it, I didn't have a team. I wasn't sponsored. It was literally just me, my dad, and my sister. Wow. Um, my brother didn't get to World Cup level, unfortunately. He moved out of the house by that time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just me, my dad, and my sister, pretty much solo doing it. Wow, no incredible. help. It was just my father supporting us. How How many individuals like yourself were doing something like that? Were you, Were you the only one, like literally rocking up by yourself without a team, or were there a few others? Because I imagine there are, yeah, there are quite a few others, but okay. again, it's very difficult. You know, it's not easy. It's a huge financial burden. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. There, there was other people who would just be racing the World Cups because some people try to make a name for themselves and they need to start somewhere. Yeah. So in order for them to get somewhere, they kind of need to take that jump, take that leap and put themselves out there, support themselves independently until someone, you know, spots them and then wants them to join a factory team okay gotcha so with each race and i imagine uh, with each race is a different course do you then have to go out there and learn the course before the race or uh, would you have to do it blind um so you have practice days okay. and track walk days so for a world cup you would have a day where you sign up and then you can do, go and do your track walk so you can see what the track is about uh, and then you have a couple of practice days, qualifying, and then race day. It is very, very important to memorize the track. It helps you a lot. If you know where you're going, you know what's coming up next, you know what to expect. So when it does come to racing time, 
you're calm, you're collected, you know what's happening on the track, you know what to expect when you're going down. So that is definitely a thing that a racer does do. They memorize the track as best as they can and get to know the track as best as they can because that is going to help you so much as yeah, a racer. Yeah. And were there other challenges with each course then or is it just the um, the fact that it's just a different course or were there other challenges in terms of jumps or perhaps uh, different rock gardens for example yes definitely so there is no you know track that is going to be the same as the last one okay each yeah, yeah. one is very different and very unique especially in different countries because there is different terrain the soil is different take portugal for example that can be a very dusty track very fast ah, okay. and there's very tiny pebbles that can be quite shaly and funnily enough quite slippery uh, yes, um, yeah, yeah. and then you have here in the uk it can be very muddy you know sticky <laughs> yeah, mud yeah. sometimes as well depending on the weather conditions it's yeah. changing all the time in terms of features on the track yes that will change there are some tracks that will have huge jumps and huge drops um, and then you have other tracks that are super super technical so you'll have a lot of rock gardens, tight turns, super steep sections. Um, so, yeah, the tracks vary a lot. Okay, so what's your favourite track or country to race in then? I don't really have a favourite track um, because I feel like I appreciate and enjoy all sorts of tracks. But one of my favourite places to ride is probably in UK because... Okay. I've ridden so much in the UK, obviously, because that's where I, I live. So in terms of that, I, I like riding in Wales and to Stingnog, um, a bike park. It's just really fun because no matter what the weather condition, the track doesn't get too crazy. It's sort of like um, it's quite a rocky yeah. terrain. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's not too bad to ride in the sun or in the wet. Um, and... I don't know, I really enjoyed racing in Portugal because I would go there so often yeah. and it was like, it was new but then it was sort of in my comfort zone because I knew it enough to feel comfortable with it if it made sense. So it wasn't yeah, completely yeah. new and daunting to me, it was something I'm familiar with gotcha. and then obviously it's a different place, it's so nice and sunny, you enjoy the sun, so I loved racing there but um, funny enough, one of the tracks that I really enjoyed was in Val di Sol and that's in Italy, Val di Sol and the weather was terrible and the track is so difficult, so technical and I really couldn't ride it properly yeah. because the weather was horrendous, I hardly stayed on my bike but I loved it so much like I think that is probably one of my favourite tracks because it was so difficult but I still somehow had a lot of fun with it Yeah, 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 no, that's, uh, that's incredible to hear, so you've raced across Europe haven't you uh, for different World Cups yeah I have I have I can't remember exactly what races I I did my memory isn't yeah, very yeah. good like that unfortunately but yeah I did do a few races across Europe definitely so did uh, from my limited understanding there's several World Cups in a year and you collect points and then there's an overall champion if I'm correct is yeah, that, that is correct. Uh, yeah. Did you ever race in America then? They have World Cups out there as well, isn't it? Yes, they do, but I did not. Okay. I think it was obviously uh, a lot of money, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it, World Cups were quite new to me. And I was going through a stage where my performance was quite bad as well because 
there was so much pressure that I put on myself. Okay. Um, I thought I'm very new to the World Cup scene and it just wasn't worth me going that far when I was struggling so much with the World Cups that I was doing anyway. And at the time, I was also at college, so I was, I was doing my studies. So right. I had a lot going on. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And the fact that you're a one-man band, or one-woman band, rather, um, that's a lot of pressure. And the fact that you've got dad or mum literally ferrying you here and there and everywhere and paying, yeah. it's, it can be a lot of, uh, lot of pressure. Did you... Uh, was there anything that helped with the nerves over time or is it just something that uh, just stayed constant? I think for riding general downhill, like my local bike parks and stuff like that, I honestly do not get nervous because okay. it's, it's it's just natural to me now. I'm used to that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. when I'm just riding downhill in general or just for a fun day, I'm not very nervous at yeah. all. But when... I say to myself, okay, I really need to do a bit of purposeful practice here. So that meaning that I need to go faster, I need to challenge myself, I need to go and try and hit a bigger jump, yep. then, yeah, I would feel nervous because I'm like, okay, this is something new that I haven't done yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. Um, but then I have to sort of take myself back and be like, look, okay, ultimately this is for fun, I enjoy it, and don't put too much pressure on myself. You know, it's not a necessity. It's not a must. I can take things at my own pace. I can, you know, do that jump when I'm ready to do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is a, it's a very mental thing. But for me now, just riding down the mountain biking, uh, it doesn't make me make me that nervous. Yeah. Obviously, sometimes, you know, you come across a bit and you're a bit nervous. But it's something that I've just got used to now. So have you crashed at all, like a fairly major crash not not the little slips that everyone has have you had like broken bones or whatnot um alhamdulillah i haven't really had any major broken bone um i fractured my wrist one time i was going off a drop and my handlebars snapped when i landed so i fractured my wrist i have had really big crashes but nothing any serious nothing too serious like breaking other bones or anything like that but that's that's probably one of my worst crashes. Okay, so have you felt more nerves coming back after something like that? Or have you felt like, right, I'm just going to get on with it? And how do you pick yourself up after something like that? Um, that was very difficult for me because I had just started out racing. I think it was maybe like my second year into racing. Yeah. And I was basically going up levels of racing, basically. So we have our basic national... Um, you know, or basic local races per yeah. se. So they're quite easy. The tracks aren't that difficult. They don't have any big jumps or anything like that. It's quite easy for everyone. It's a beginner's race. And then I went up to nationals. So things are more challenging. There's more competitors. There's faster riders. So that was quite nerve wracking. And then, you know, I fractured my wrist and that knocked my confidence a lot. And before then, I was quite fearless. Like, I was just like, oh, no, I'm fine. Like, I can do this and I can have a little crash here, but I just bounce straight back up and I'm completely okay. But this, like, really threw me off and it changed my perception on drops and jumps. And, you know, it was it was difficult. And I think even now I still have that nagging at the back of my head because I didn't maybe process 
everything in the correct way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't find a way to get over that or maybe push myself enough or something like that. I don't know. But it definitely does throw you off for sure. Did you ever have a coach, like a qualified coach working with no, you? No, I okay. didn't have a coach. So it was, you know, my brother that I would okay. ride with and he would coach me. And then during World Cups, my dad, he would read all of these books okay. about sports and psychology and then he would coach me he would do me like mental coaching and this kind of stuff which helped me so much and I got a personal trainer when I was doing world cups as well because I just needed that bit of a push and focus but I haven't I haven't had a coach nothing like that before you could say my dad was my coach in a sense and alhamdulillah he did a great he did a great job really but um I I honestly have so much to learn like I was just beginning to learn things um, you know, around that time when I started to do World Cups. Yeah, yeah. So I understand you're taking a bit of a break from competing. Uh, will we ever see you again competing at a high level or are you just focusing on having fun again or and other things, I guess, you're doing the swimming and whatnot? I would love to get back into riding and racing because I don't really ride much nowadays. Yeah. But I would love to get back into that. But like you said, unfortunately, I'm... Focusing on my studies, I'm focusing on making a career in personal training. Um, swim teaching, um, it is something fun to do, but I don't think it's going to be my main focus. But yeah, for me, really, I'm just trying to start up something else, and maybe I will go back to racing in the future. I just have to wait it out, really, and see where I am in a few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, Inshallah, yeah. it works out, you know, because we don't have. Uh, many people in the sport, let alone downhill mountain bike. So you're literally flying the flag, which is good on you. Um, what skills have you learned then in downhill mountain bike that you can take away uh, and use in the rest of your life? I feel like downhilling has made me the person I am today. If I didn't do downhilling, I don't know what kind of person I would be. Um, when I say this to people, they don't believe me. But when I was younger, so like. 14 years old when I was just about starting downhill mountain biking I was honestly the brattiest most spoiled kid I was extremely negative like to the point where I would drain everyone else's energy like if I didn't get a good result at a race or I didn't you know um feel happy with my performance on a weekend I would be so moody to the point that my dad would just get so upset my my brother and my sister they'll be like why is Sinead being so moody like seriously they would get angry with me but I would just be so moody but as I started to um race downhill and experience all of these things it trained me to be a positive person because there's no room for negativity when you're racing downhill because those negative thoughts are going to consume you and then obviously you need to be open-minded you need to be confident and then you need to be physically fit as well so downhilling taught me all of these things it taught me social skills as well getting to know people communicating um all of this kind of thing so it really did make me the person i am today because it has so many lessons you can learn in every aspect so i would say like downhilling literally made me the person i am today so there are so many things you know that you can take from mountain biking from downhilling from so many sports into your life 
Um, and then also the things my dad taught me as well when I was doing the World Cups and when he was giving me mental coaching. Um, those things, you could translate it in real life to, you know, biking. And it's all about positive thinking and all of that kind of thing. And I think it's very important. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that you can take from downhilling and translate it into the rest of your life for sure. Okay, gotcha. So imagine a young sister's getting into it now. Uh, what, what, what advice do you have for her? I would say start off easy, start off you know, just doing maybe some cross-country riding or enduro. You don't have to go so intense. Um, Find a support system or try to have a support system because I honestly can't imagine not having one. Like, for me, it was easier because I had, you know, my dad supporting me, my brother there riding the bike with me, my sister taking pictures. Um, So find a support system. Find someone who wants to do it with you because you're going to feel more confident you're not going to want to give up as easy um it's just going to make the process a lot more enjoyable so you know get a group of friends get people to join you and if they still don't want to do that or if you still can't find that then take it step by step do what you feel comfortable with um even if it's something like just getting in the gym you know making yourself feel strong so when you're riding the bike you feel a lot more comfortable and safe just do that. Just start off small. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Um, and the internet is very useful. You can make lots of friends on the internet. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm always open to give advice to people. I'm more than happy to pe- for people to message me and ask for advice. So, yeah, I would just say find people interested in the same thing as you. And just don't be scared. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it takes a lot to take that first step. But once you take the first step, I think it gets easier for sure. And Samaya, so if someone did want to contact you, what's the easiest way to do that? Um, I'd say Instagram. Okay. Um, my Instagram is just Samaya Green. I also have Facebook. I didn't really use it that much. Um, but yeah, my main platform that's going to be easiest to um, contact me on is my Instagram. Uh, so you uh, just, just to wrap up really, you mentioned your brother uh, used to do this or does this still? Does he, does he ride to a high level? So, my brother used to do the national races with me, and like I said, he moved out of the house and, you know, started to live his own life, essentially. So, unfortunately, he wasn't there for me um, during the World Cups. It was just me, and, I mean, it was a big struggle, and I feel like maybe that's another reason why I didn't advance as much as I could have, because I didn't have, again, a support system to the level I needed. Okay. Um, But, no, he doesn't do it anymore. Um, but we do talk about it sometimes, you know, saying that we need to get back into it and it would be amazing if we could have a weekend riding together. But um, no, he didn't He didn't get up to the up to the World Cup level. He did do some races in Portugal with me, though. Um, so I think that's probably the highest level he got up to was sort of doing the Portuguese Cups where you can earn UCI points. Okay, alhamdulillah. Um, inshallah, see... Uh, hopefully see both of you back racing that would be amazing you know what I mean so we've got a few questions from listeners if you don't mind uh, going through them so uh, Suhel asks he's super scared of downhills Uh, do you have any tips I I think he's more talking about road riding as opposed to uh, downhill mountain biking but um, perhaps they both relate to one another so if you've got any tips for him 
Yeah, I, I find that a bit funny though because I am so scared of going downhill on a road. What? Because Yes, because um, road bikes, number one, I find them scary. I just feel like they're just so unbalanced and the wheels are so thin. So I'm what? so scared because you can get up to really crazy speeds. It's just smooth. And I don't know, maybe a car can come out of nowhere. So I have this perception that I'm just so scared of going downhill on a flat road on a road bike because I feel like it can just be so fast. And I mean, I haven't really done it. Um, but Wait a second, Samir. So yeah. I, I've done gravel uh, and I've gone down a hill at not even super fast, 20, 20 odd miles per hour. And you've got uneven ground. You've got rocks hidden under leaves. And you're telling me you're scared of smooth tarmac. Yeah, because I feel like if you if you crash, if you slip off your bike and you crash, then I don't know. It just seems really scary to me, and I have quite yeah. a wild imagination, and I haven't really done road riding that much. But for me, yeah. I just think you can come zooming down a road at like sixty miles per hour, and then if a twig gets caught on you, well, you what? go flying somewhere. Um, I don't know. Like downhill just seems like it's just easier in the sense it's just broken up by rocks and jumps and it's more fun i have no idea but maybe i just have a wrong perception Absolutely. but i just find it's quite scary uh, well i'm just uh, gobsmacked because us roadies and I, i'm speaking for about 90 percent of them we have the same perception of mountain biking you know even just going at 15 miles per hour and then you know uh there's a twig not a twig rather a root or a rock and it throws you off your bike and we have that fear factor in our head so it's it's mad to hear from your side and yeah there's a lot of learning from both sides i imagine so yeah i feel like there is i'm i'm feel a lot more probably protected when i'm riding downhill because i have a full face helmet on and i'm all geared up and stuff so maybe that's another factor uh, maybe yeah, yeah um but yeah in tips of going downhill i think that you just need to practice and just take it easy. It's just something you need to get used to because downhilling, yes, it is intimidating. Going downhills itself is intimidating, but we all have to start from somewhere. And it's all in the head. It's a mental block. You have to just tell yourself to relax and, you know, just get over it, really. Nah, I appreciate um, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it is... That's the thing, though. It's, it is, it's all in the head. That's yeah. what I say. It's all up in the head. It's all mental. And you just have to find a way of getting past it. But yeah. just practice. Take it easy. Maybe try and find someone else as well who can encourage you. Someone else who's better. Yeah, so yeah. you can learn from them. Absolutely. Obviously, you don't want someone who's a huge lot better because you just essentially feel rubbish. And you feel <laughs> yeah. like you can't get up to their level. But yeah, find yeah. someone that's on a similar level to you and just have fun with it, really. Absolutely. Uh, just one more question then. So this one's from Zahir. He asks, have you been to Bike Park Wales? And if so, what's your favourite route? I have been to Bike Park Wales, but I haven't been often enough to remember any of the routes. And I haven't been there for a long, long time. So I don't know how it could have changed. I probably went like maybe three, three, four years ago. But from what I do remember, it's very, very fun. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I can't say what my favourite track is because I don't know them like that. No, I get it. I get it. Well, Samia, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute blast. No 
worries. Thank you for inviting me on. It was a lot of fun. No, okay. And uh, hopefully see yourself, your brother, and even your father back on the trails, inshallah, very soon. I know your dad actually races. I mean, not races, but he's he's out there, mashallah. Yeah, so. he is. He is, mashallah. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum as-salam.